So I'm not gonna worry about your level of concern. We talking about Twitter. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. I hope all Steelers fans just heard that from beginning to end and understand what a treasure, how lucky you are. You're so lucky. You have no idea how lucky you are. So lucky. I believe in the United States of America, and I believe in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Stand, guy. Stand, guy. Stand, guy. Love the show. Welcome to another edition of What Jin's Talking About, the conversation about the Steelers' social media conversation. I'm Kyle Kreiss in all my glistening glory. <laughs> Could have shaved. Did he shave? No. Did he? Uh, is he wearing dry shampoo? Not enough. Uh, with me is Greg Benevent. Hello. And on the ones and twos, it's DJ Andy Van, a.k.a. Slyke. <laughs> happy to be here, man. Thank you for having me. All Very right. Happy to have you here, Andy. We're here every week exposing the most toxic and hot takes on Steelers social media and beyond. Coming up in the second half of the mm. show, I'll tell you know something that wasn't necessarily on. Well, it was on Reddit before Reddit went down oh. for uh, 48 hours. Okay. The there was this discussion brewing on the All Tomlin team. Oh, so okay. you know a couple names were thrown out there, but I went and created a whole 53 oh, no. plus practice squad oh geez and i know some steeler fans are gonna be unhappy with this okay I i'm unhappy you did it and you took that time but I i'm glad to talk about it yeah <laughs> that's coming up in the second half uh but right now let's get to the takes it's mandatory mini starting with <laughs> at by josh carney the Steelers' new look offensive line is the biggest storyline of this week's minicamp for the franchise, according to Bleacher Report. So you're Martin Scorsese in uh -huh. Lynn Latrobe. Uh, O-line, is, is that what you're curious about? Well, I mean, as soon as you put in the context of Scorsese, that kind of changed the way I looked at it. Because it very much could be like a Scorsese story in that, like, wow, all these young guys are friends and they come along together and it could work out and then it might not work out. And it's like tragic and beautiful when it does. So that's entirely possible if you're going to look at it through a context of Scorsese. It, uh, but I think also, too, there's I, I, maybe it's the biggest storyline only in terms of like it, it has the potential to be very good. I mean, I don't know. This, you can say the same thing about the inside linebackers because they've put a lot of resources there, too. And I'm not sure that has the same upside. All those guys. I think still, you know, if you're talking storyline, it's still got to be. I guess often, you know, between Kenny and mm -hmm. George Pickens and Matt Canada, mm -hmm. what's going to, and Alan Robinson, mm -hmm. that still seems to be the, uh, you know, if, if I was, if I, if it was Asteroid City by Wes Anderson <laughs> at Latrobe this weekend, or uh, what else is coming out this weekend? I, I literally don't know. I haven't looked in a long time. Oh, it's, it's uh, the Jones Flash. For a minute, yeah. The Flash, if we're going back and with the Michael Keaton Batman. <laughs> Um, well, the other thing is just, I mean, not to use a Tomlinism in this show, but I mean, there's more of the players in the offense whose story has yet to be written. Those guys are younger as a general rule. Like, oh, so you're uh, you're saying there's uh, there's still some journey uh, left for these guys? Where's journey? This is a product of your journey, and your journey's not over yet. Not Woo! over yet. It just starting for the say, offensive it's line. Not, yeah, hopefully it's not close to being over yet. Yeah. Tell that to Kendrick Green. It's not over yet. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the defensive side at 
Ray Fitz one, mm. Ray Fittipaldo insider. Mm -hmm. Steelers defensive coordinator Terrell Austin says Mark Robinson is still a work in progress, but he said the hope is he will be ready to compete for a starting job next season. Wow. So inside linebacker, if if, if talking storylines and question marks, inside linebacker is a big one. I guess we can uh Cross Mark Robinson will not be at the at the finish line at least come uh, come okay. starting week one. So he's, okay, so he specifically said meant next season is in like twenty twenty four to twenty twenty five, not next season is in like the season we're going to play starting in September. I, I mean, if you were talking about this season, would you say next season? I, I see that's just it. I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't there. I, I that makes sense though. I I, I do. I mean, because everything you hear about Mark Robinson is like, wow, this guy's fast. Or like, is he ready to start? And they're like, he's still really fast. Like he's ferocious. It's like you know, he's you know, if anything, you can want to compare him to Vinnie Williams, who I think recently said. Um, even in college, they, they weren't playing him on passing downs. Right. Oh, yeah, at Florida State, where they had a bunch of guys that were going to go very high in the draft uh, and not in the sixth round. But, yeah, I mean, I it's it, as exciting as that Ravens game was, I remember standing next to you watching the Browns game where I forget what that was. It, was it a draw or something? But, like, in, in HD, you could see just how much Robinson was out of position on a couple plays. Like, even a layperson seeing it be like, wow, he is barely in the screen. Well, he's, you know, and he's still just, he's still learning despite, yes, you know. Which is fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's talk, uh, let's talk special teams. The tweet from at Stokori Ski. Ah, good. We've reached the point of the offseason that Yinzers think Danny Smith is the best special teams coordinator in the NFL instead of the truth that he should have his head on the chopping block this season as much, if not more, than Matt Canada. If you thought Matt Canada was enemy number one, no. Danny Smith is, uh, wh uh wh why is he getting all, all, all this hate? First, I have to get used to being able to look at these tweets and see the icon of the person tweeting them. <laughs> like, that is going to be an adjustment for me, Greg Benavent, because I watched, I looked at this picture of Stokor and I'm thinking, man, that's probably what I would look like if I'd never moved out of Pittsburgh. I might have <laughs> taken this exact picture. Um, I mean, I, I just from growing up as a, a Steelers fan uh, under the Cower era, it was you knew when the special teams coach was going to get fired after the season. It's when something bad happened with the special teams in the playoffs. And it would be a fairly consistent thing. I mean, it was like an ongoing joke in Pittsburgh media that whatever happened, we'd blame it on Chris Brown, we'd blame it on the special teams. Uh, you know, Rod Woodson couldn't cover that guy. Uh, Tim McCuyer couldn't uh, blame it on special teams so i mean i think that's i i unless you know i don't have the stats in front of me nor do i care to look them up about where the team ranked in terms of kickoff coverage or covering guys or returns and all that but i usually when a special teams coach is going to get fired it's because there's something dramatic a play you remember something that you know blows a lot of things up that went very badly or 12 or like you know something like 12 men on the field or not enough men on the field like that seems like a coaching thing you know yeah, but again I, I agree with that i'm just picking back on that something with high stakes it happened in the division game it happened in baltimore it happened in the playoffs it and we haven't been in that position to, to <laughs> so how can danny danny smith hasn't been on the line yet i just keep thinking of pictures of that video of him lifting weights at the guys last year how much oh, i enjoyed yeah. that yeah that was awesome all right one more I'm old. one more thing about minis and then we can get to some meaty stuff. Oh. <laughs> the tweet from at Brooke Pryor. Steelers wideout George Pickens and Joey Porter Jr. listed among the 10 veterans and rookie players identified by Rising Stars, Inc., the marketing and licensing arm of the NFLPA. Basically, uh, they, they had laid list two things. Okay. The rookies expected to make a breakthrough uh -huh. this year. And uh -huh. Joey Porter Jr. is number 10. Um, wow. 
you know, uh, do you see him being the 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 rookie that we're going to be talking about this year? I mean, it's entirely possible. I'm just stunned by you know the top ten rookie jerseys and a second round cornerback. That I mean, that's I mean, obviously it's his name and he played at a big school and he's a personal young guy. It uh, and just also in the second one of the veteran players, it's like I, it's really you're not thinking much of Jordan Love if you're thinking the new starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers is only going to have a number ten best selling jersey. The yeah, you're talking you're talking about veterans who are projected to drive the sports licensing business up front. And yeah, right. Jordan Love is ten and George Pickens number five. No, where's Ken? No Kenny jerseys? Well, I mean, I, I, I think they sold a pretty decent number of those, too. I, I think this, this but a lot of this list makes sense. I mean, it's, I, I can see it's the new running back in Carolina. We're going to run the offense through. I can see DJ Moore, the new receiver in Chicago. Like, that all makes sense to me. It, I saw a pretty fair number of Kenny jerseys. If anything, might be okay if we didn't sell as many of those and kind of keep the hype track down a little bit. Oh, you think it might become a, uh, you don't want to have to, you know, sell those back right. on eBay yeah, after one? more contracts exactly a hundred dollar t-shirt jerseys yes and uh pick it with one t buying them on the side of the street that way um you know what about those if you had the mitch jersey that's even uh <laughs> although it's still good you look luckily you, you didn't throw out your mitch jersey right, you that's still oh, good you kept the mitch jersey that is something you could wear with pride on uh, uh, uh yeah free shirt friday or whatever all right enough mm -hmm. otas let's get to some real stuff uh -oh. oh my god they groomed you <laughs> We're grooming Kenny still. Uh, oh. Let's get to the tweet. Mm -hmm. At Kyle Beagle. Kyle <laughs> Beagle. Bleacher Report names Kenny Pickett as NFL quarterback who will explode into stardom in 2023. So he's not on the list of hot jerseys to sell, but, but he will explode into stardom. <laughs> I just keep thinking, looking at this guy thinking, hello, I'm Kyle Beagle. And I got <laughs> to get past that. Um, I mean, sure, it, it, it seems as likely as anyone to explode into stardom. I mean, again, we're back to uh, is whether or not a player is truly elite. I'm not sure where the stats are, what rating you have to have to explode into stardom uh seven and two down the stretch feels like at least uh, a slight launch into stardom like kicking in of one of the engines on the way to the rocket train to stardom i'm not sure but uh but yeah it's it's if you you know if you're working at bleacher report and you have to have 10 articles out by noon explaining who is or is not going to explode into stardom uh, kenny's as good a candidate as any i mean you know we saw him at the luke combs concert if he came out this weekend <laughs> at the taylor swift show at oh, uh, at Acrashore this weekend yes. and chug the beer that oh, would man. be you know stardom explosion i was gonna worthy. say yeah you might not even have to play the season at that point that would be a full stardom explosion yes well uh he you know bleacher report isn't the only one expecting big things out of kenny okay at pff top breakout positions at each offensive pos top breakout candidates okay. at each offensive position 2023 quarterback oh. kenny pickett okay so, you know, NFL marketing isn't uh, buying heavy on the jerseys, but we got PFF and Bleacher Report going big. I mean, I, I, and I could also see, you know, putting Kenny on your list here to like kind of drive engagement to this list. Because, I mean, I'm not sure how many clicks you're getting with the name of the, the Lions tight end, although I've been standing here trying to <laughs> puzzle that one out. But I'm sure it, each of these guys are good and probably had a decent rookie season. I mean, I remember some of these names from guy, other guys they said the Steelers should have drafted, such as this uh, Jenkins. Uh, Tom, I remember. 
remember Watson was uh, one that they'd mentioned a lot. That uh, I know, uh, I know that Williamson thinks the world of London and Atlanta. If uh, there's anyone to throw him the ball, so I mean, it's, this is probably a pretty good list of guys. You and, know, it's uh, not. I mean, who else would be the breakout quarterback? It's Jordan Love. Um, uh, I mean, but, I mean, it's, it, but it also might be. It, it's it, I could see like putting Kenny as a list versus you know the guy that went first overall this past year with a team that wasn't terrible that was within a couple games of the playoffs in the Panthers. Brock Purdy is he ready for breakout or is he already, already broke yeah, out? I was gonna say the guy played the NFC title game, so I think that's he's. I, it's hard to say he hasn't broken out at that point. But I he's mean, exploded into superstardom. I don't think I've no? exploded into superstardom. He exploded when that guy hit him. So Kenny, right, uh, so Kenny's got to. Uh, that's that's the threshold, I guess. Is the is Brock well, Purdy? I think, the, I think the threshold is the playoffs. Playoffs. There you go. Um, I'm glad you don't have that clip. One more thing about Kenny, because it's not just. Let's get. Let's talk about inside the locker room at Faribault FB. Nick Faribault. There's one area of his game that Kenny Pickett has really impressed the Steelers veteran. Uh, and they're talking about Allen Robinson. His, oh, okay. Thank you. His communication. Kenny's unique in the fact that he goes deeper into what goes into each and every play. Communication. He's No one talks as good as Kenny. I guess. I mean, I felt like Mitch communicated fairly well, too. But, it, uh, I mean, I, I you know, I, I remember being at the games, even early in Roethlisberger's career, where he would go around and um, shake everyone's hand or hug them or dap them up during the uh, stretching. And it was always something to watch for if you got to the games early enough. And uh, I, I remember being at the game on Christmas Eve and not seeing uh, Kenny do that. But also, it was insanely freezing then. Maybe doesn't. Uh, maybe that's not a still. I don't know. But it's, I, I, I mean, again, I'm never going to know what one quarterback says versus another, but this is one of those things that feels like, isn't that kind of what he's supposed to do? Well, everyone is just piling on how big of a leader and a, and a great person Kenny, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, is it, is it over? Is it, I mean, are we overdoing it? Like we're, we're expecting a superstar explosion. Well, but I think we're not expecting anything that comes from Bleacher Report. We don't have to listen <laughs> to them, but I, but I do like the, I, but there is some, but I mean, it's, if enough people are saying one thing in the locker room, it's probably not untrue. It's probably coming from somewhere. So that each of them are saying, this guy seems like a leader. And also too, I mean, Alan Robinson's maybe not the best example because he wasn't here last year but a lot of these guys were and i imagine there probably is a difference between the rookie who's literally trying to learn the playbook and you know backing up not just mitch but also mason versus someone who's coming in and saying this is my team this is what we're doing let's all get on the same page veteran i am communicating with deeply yeah nobody loves football as much as i do not, not anymore mitch kenny loves more than you <laughs> kenny is the one who's loving it he's got the office apparently don't say anything about love just communication just communication the better talker the speaker <laughs> um all right enough kenny because we've got to we've got to play the hits still finding no matter how of a of an explosion of superstar Kenny is going to be. We still have Matt Canada. Oh no, it's another graph. I, I failed it last week. So this I is from. Oh wait, let me. Uh, actually, oh, I got a little out of order here. Let's go to oh, Mark. Good. Okay. Let's start with at Mark Cabali. Yeah, graph off. Insider yeah. Mark Cabali asked Matt Canada about the pressure he faces now with everything seemingly in place on offense. Quote, there's pressure every day in life if you have something worth doing. I don't feel more than I ever did. I will do the best job I can for us to win football games. <laughs> Not what the fans want to hear. Well, what 
Uh, or yeah, is it? it? I was going to say, it kind of. What, what would the fans want to say? Like, absolutely. I've already started to move some of my stuff onto the lawn. I'm not <laughs> sure how this is going to go. I mean, this is this is what you would. Have, this is honestly, this is what you'd say in like a job interview. If somebody was like, "How do you deal with pressure?" There is pressure every day in life. If you have something worth doing, person I found on Monster.com or whatever it's called now. <laughs> AI typed your typed your uh, interview responses into AI chat. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. This is the AI thing. It, uh, I think the next sentence after this is, my weakness is I care too much. Well, the other thing was, is that Canada was saying, like, you know, we're not making any big play. You know, he he, he was kind of uh, not, he was not admitting that there was a Glengarry playbook. You know, oh, he's kind of saying okay. that we're just going to keep doing some of the same things. We're not going to, you know, change too much. And See, that is interesting because everyone else has implied that the Glengarry playbook is in effect, or at least it's been unearthed or written or something. It's it is interesting then that Canada's the one like, no, we're gonna keep doing what we're doing. Um, let's go to at oh, here we are. Shane Half NFL. Shane Half. Okay. Here is an offensive specific adjusted games lost. Uh-huh. This is a graph plot plotted against yeah. offensive EPA per play. Okay. The Matt Canada effect is killing the Steelers. Oh boy. An offense that healthy all season has got to perform better. Okay. So let's look at this chart. I, I put it up on the board. This is. Oh, no. Okay. Um, on the X chart is is games lost. This is like if for, uh, uh, healthy, like, a, 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 you know, games lost according to healthy, you know, health players out. Okay. That's what the, that's what the bottom. That's what the X chart okay so, so okay just Steelers so, are on the left as the most healthy right because the offensive line was insanely healthy yeah. last year. Okay. And Rams okay. are on the right with the least with the most I injured and, and and the Texans are just almost off in Antarctica here with injuries or something or other okay and then north to south is uh -huh. I guess EPA which is expected play average I don't okay know, now, but here's the thing though teams in the upper left uh, good teams great offenses kansas city san francisco buffalo philadelphia bengals i get that those are good offenses so presumably that's where you want to be but the lions had a good great offense down the stretch right why are they over there or maybe more dudes were hurt for them than well, other teams they're north of the they're north of the uh medium okay. lines but they also had injuries you could oh, say oh i see okay so you could say they right, overcame most injuries. of their injuries and that would right and that would explain why san francisco i see okay but Where, the, I, you know okay. the point that shane half is making is they were so healthy okay so the guy saying the steelers were so healthy but they still didn't get the offensive production that's yeah. what you're talking okay it only took me five minutes to figure this thing out. Um, yeah, okay. That's uh, boy. That's interesting. The Jags are basically in the same place too. At uh, one that seems having so much more talent than everyone else. Um, you know, if if only if health. You know, there isn't a well. With if it's T.J. Watt, there's a direct correlation. <laughs> but you know, besides that, I don't know if you know maybe you know maybe Kenny this year. But I don't even know if Kenny. I think it's just T.J. and Cam. Really. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I I mean that's that is. I mean that does show that they. You know that, that this is some. This is a stat to remind, remember. You know, if the offense does get very very good a few years down the line, and then someone does get hurt, then they. You know, uh, that this is something to remember. Like oh, but you also can't bank on injury and all that kind of thing it was uh, yeah i mean I, 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 it does show what that shows the matt canada offense wasn't good enough last year last year that, yeah. i mean that it shows that pretty definitively so hopefully there's either the, the glengarry plays or they start doing the old plays in a glengarry way Oh, doing ordinary things more, more extraordinary. Uh, more, more, yeah, Glengarry. I, 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 the mammoth analogy breaks down at that point. But you see what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't even understand where that's coming from. <laughs> I don't either. We just spent five minutes on a graph. Oh, man. It, uh, graphs are kryptonite for me. Let's get back to mm -hmm. the Canada talk at 
Alex Kazora. Alex Kazora. Hey. Steelers' yak was poor last year, but it wasn't because their wideouts couldn't break tackles. Okay. Highest break tackle rate of the 78 players with 50 or more receptions in 22. George Pickens, 10th. Wow. Pat Fryermuth, 12th. DJ, 15th. DJ, the uh, he runs backwards. 15th in broken tackles. Okay. It, um, so, so this would be, without digging out another graph, this would be a condemnation of... Canada then, right? Or of the passes being short or Kenny just getting it out there in the wrong place. It's or... certainly not an indictment on the players. If you right. know, the, I see. You know, if, you're, the... if you're breaking tackles, then you were doing what you could. Yeah. I mean, on a lot. Yeah. That each of these guys were that high rank. No yeah. one was pulling any, you know, Santonio Holmes or a B type yeah, of yeah, yeah. The ground. And, um, uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, we got to improve Yak. Everyone knew that, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I think it's also part of the idea of bringing in, you know, another tight end, uh, 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 bringing in another experienced wide receiver particularly uh, a tough one yeah i can see that mm -hmm. um let's go move on to at steelers db Derek. Mm. i tried to avoid deontay johnson discourse on here as much as possible and i thought i came to the conclusion that he had hit his ceiling mm -hmm. but he pops on film every single game against top competition if this dude was in another offense the narrative would be different uh, have you seen any of the videos with he's training with uh, route god i think I, I, i've heard of route god which is which which means that i've been online too much but uh, <laughs> he's got this twitch he's twitch muscles he's oh fat, yeah yeah, you know? whatever, yeah exactly whatever the twitch is he's built up his twitch it uh, i mean i i certainly connected to i try to avoid deontay johnson discourse on here as much as possible <laughs> I felt that very strongly. But I, I think there's something to, I, I, I mean, as much as Deontay frustrates the fans, as much as I too am personally frustrated when I feel it, when I, I was running backward, the Steelers clearly disagree with this. Moreover, multiple generations of Steelers, from Ben to Kenny to Mitch to all of them love Deontay. That, <laughs> and, and, and the entire team does. So, I mean, it's they. I, I think they see this popping on film thing in a way that maybe the fans don't. And maybe he does, I mean, maybe he draws a double. Maybe he draws the good corner. Maybe, that you know, and that's how Pat's able to be open a lot of times. Like, that kind of thing's possible, too. You know, with DJ, first you had Tomlin saying during the, his contract talks that he's, you know, he embraces his style of game. And that, right. I think that's the ultimate compliment. And mm -hmm. he was talking on and off the field. And also, you know, I charted DJ's catches last year. Okay. And he's running a lot of curl routes, a lot of comeback. You know, if Kenny's scrambling, right. it was a lot Save of comeback. young quarterback. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah, there wasn't any yak. Yeah, because he was coming back to you know, to the play or catching at the, at the end, at the, uh, not the end line, the, uh, out of bounds, you know, <laughs> sideline, <laughs> sideline, end line, end, end line, the, line end ends line. There. the yeah. side end line, the side end line. Mm -hmm. So it's he wasn't in a position for when he did a quick slant to, you know, two steps in a slant. He got he got his. Yeah, yes. He got, yes, he did. Yes, he did. All right. Maybe we should take a break, head into the second half, because okay. I promised um, the all Tomlin team. Oh, oh, oh. All right. And not everyone's going to not everyone's going to love it. Why? Because that's Steeler Nation. Why would they? But. I took this seriously. You know, this isn't just a, oh, you know, let's just go over once over the lineups and, and come up with a roster. I went 53 deep with practice squad, and I took this seriously as a Matt Canada press conference. Yes, you did. All right. We'll be back in the second half. Raise your brand. You got it. Raise your brand. You want it. You got confidence. Secure. 
Feeling confident? Raise your brand. Got $150 million? Raise your brand. Need AI solutions to carbon-based insurance problems? Raise your brand and reach for AcraSure. Confidence, confidence, tried and secure. Raise your brand, raise your brand, AcraSure. Raise your brand, raise your brand, AcraSure. We're back for the second half. What Jin's talking about? I promised the All Tomlin team. Seventeen seasons. Who would you know? The easy, the easy people are easy on the roster, right? Oh yeah, yeah. stars. But I went fifty-three deep, wow. and I came up with a fourteen player practice squad i know you're allowed 16 now but okay whatever but I came he up wasn't with... co- it wasn't always COVID when he was coaching so yeah that's true I, I, i'm so going with old right. rules old mm-hmm. rules mm-hmm. so uh let's start with quarterback okay. all right uh i i put three there obviously yeah. big mm-hmm. ben can't right. argue with that's, that yeah mm-hmm. then i went with charlie batch yeah uh 33 33 games yes you know they played a lot more than people realize you know I, you, the win-loss record might not be there or the you know big moments that oh uh, there were some big moments i mean that last moment is one that reverberates forever beating baltimore down there charlie had some big moments uh hard to argue now mm-hmm. for the number you know we keep three quarterbacks on the roster for the number three uh you know he's only been with one year but because of the two comeback from behind yes. wins. I had to put Kenny up there. You know, he's already got more yards than Charlie Batch. He's already got 2,400 yards compared to Charlie's uh, 2,000. So even though only 13 games, I think Kenny is worthy of the all Tomlin roster spot. I mean, the only argument I could make there is if somehow they, they, they Landry had won that game when Ben was out. Uh, uh, but, but you know, who, three guys couldn't cover Gronk, even though Landry kept them in it against the Pats and Brady. So, yeah, so that's, and Landry, I think you're right here. Landry had some wins, but it would sometimes be week 17 in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. or, you know, That's what I'm saying. He didn't have the big moments. Yeah. Like you mentioned, the, Charlie had the big moments. Kenny had the big moments. Landry, unfortunately, for reason, it wasn't him covering Gronk. Uh, mm. They didn't. So All right, let's go on to running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put I got four here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Lev Bell, oh, right? Yeah. 5,300 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, I went with Richard Mendenhall. 57 games. Yes. Hard to argue with the resume there. I don't uh, think there's any argument there. 3,500 yeah. yards, 29 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, I put Najee. I yeah. know it's only been a couple seasons, but he's already put up 2,200 yards, and he's got 20 total touchdowns. Yeah. So, uh, which is more than... Because we're talking the Tomlin era, mm-hmm. Willie Parker, who does make my—he's my fourth running back. Yeah, but you know we need a change of pace back. Uh, Willie did put up twenty four hundred yards with un, un, in, in the Tomlin years. Oh yes, absolutely. And I, 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 as I was looking at your rankings, I couldn't help but think of you know Tomlin's quote about we're going to run them to the wheels ran off. And with Willie, unfortunately, they kind of did. And Tomlin tried, not tried to, but had to with Najee. And other than you know the first half of last season, the wheels didn't come off. So I think that durability speaks to having Najee uh, over Parker, although that is a fascinating debate between those two players since they're so different. You know, Najee, can, uh, he can pick up your third down block. Maybe he can catch from the, in the third down slot. Willie is kind of a change of pace. I don't know. Well, just, I mean, just imagine if Willie could have caught. I mean, if he could have yeah. caught the ball, what that would have been like. My word. I, I agree, Cope. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to wideouts. I'm putting mm-hmm. six on the all-Tomlin roster, mm-hmm. starting, of course, A.B. I was going to say, yeah, there's not a lot of argument there. Can't no. argue there. Next, mm-hmm. I'm putting uh, 
Mike Wallace, the one trick pony himself, four thousand yard. You know he's going to be my uh, my why. Is that the is that what it's called? The, or the, he's going to be on the outside. Well, he's the one they never really replaced. In turn, I mean, not that you could replace a talent like AB, but a guy who can you know absolutely outrun everybody and outstretch the field. They've never really had that sense. Yeah, they tried, you know, mm-hmm. but never. They've but, tried so many times. Wallace had four thousand yards and thirty two touchdowns under mm-hmm. Tomlin, so mm-hmm. I'm putting him second, mm-hmm. uh, third in the wideout depth chart. Heinz Ward, yes, twenty seven touchdowns. With in the Tomlin era, he's think, even, right? Even as he's on a clear decline, he was still there to to absolutely carry the offense at times. I mean, the only reason they're in Super Bowl forty five or climb back to it is a major part of him. Yes, and you know he's that he can be that that a Rob type of guy. He's yes. in the slot. He can. That's he, a he really can, good analogy. He can do whatever he wants there. Um, mm-hmm. All right, you know, three more, on, and and this is where it starts to get a little tricky. I I'm putting Juju. Okay. Uh, next, you know, thirty eight hundred yards. 26 touchdowns in the mm-hmm. in the Tomlin era. Yeah. Um and actually these all three you could you could kind of go anywhere with them. Yeah. Uh Deontay Johnson, 3600 yards, 20 touchdowns. Mhm. And Santonio Holmes in the Tomlin era, 3000 yards, 18 touchdowns. I'm putting them all on the roster. I couldn't uh I couldn't leave any of them off. Yeah, I think that's all right. I mean, it's it's easy to forget that two, Santonio had two really good seasons, his rookie season and his second season even when the Steelers don't make the playoffs under Cower, but um I mean, what who could have possibly been left off of this? Martavis, his stats don't match up to this, despite some great highlights. 17 touchdowns uh, for Martavis. It's the, not the you know. same, yeah. And Santonio Holmes, I think back at the 2008 season, where, not single-handedly, but... Oh, in the playoffs, he was an absolute force. Yeah, mm-hmm. talk about yak, talk about clutch. Or even just a punt return for a touchdown. I was at that game against the Chargers. They, were, they, were, they were, weren't in it and weren't <laughs> awake until he scored that. Whoops. The cream of the crop. No, cream the, of the, the crop. crickets were fine too. Oh, that weren't uh, that weren't inappropriate. I remember the first half of that game. Let's go mm. to tight ends. Okay. Uh, you know, no question. Number one, Heath oh, Miller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, surprisingly, the stats uh, have Pat Fryermuth number two on my depth chart. Thirty-two. Career games already, 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns. I think that shows just how much, not just how much potential he has, but how good he's already been. You were talking about someone that could explode to stardom in the second season, and as a veteran, not in the second season anymore. Fryermouth is way up there. Yeah, where's he on that list of jerseys who could who could uh, explode this year? You know. <laughs> um, now I, I got I got room. I'm putting two more tight ends on the roster. And... Well, that's what we're doing now. I mean, that's what uh, <laughs> they're doing with Darnell and uh, Connor. Uh, surprisingly, I'm putting Jesse James. 56 games. 1,189 yards, nine touchdowns. I had no idea uh, that, that, that three and four on your list had these similar stats. Yeah. That that's a real surprise. Jesse James and Vance Vanimal the Animal, uh, mm-hmm. almost identical. Vance yes. has 53 games, 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. Jesse James, 56 games, 1,100 touchdowns. That's wild. I never would have guessed that in a million years. And, you know, and they both have a little bit of lore. You know, Jesse yes. with, of course, Jesse caught it. Mm-hmm. And Vance with the biggest poster. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember anything else from that game. And I, I, it doesn't Bud Dupree score a touchdown like that whole game was strange at uh so mm-hmm. they you know i'm putting all four uh on on the roster i think sweater. that's right i mean that's what they do now carrying all those uh, uh uh tight ends all right let's move to offensive line i'm putting four tackles okay um you know sometimes we have three uh on the roster you know with a swing and then we stash them on the on the practice squad i'm going for mm-hmm. uh alejandro villanueva mm-hmm. pro pro bowl only pro bowler yeah yeah so i gotta put him number one and moreover one they built I mean, he yeah. was just some dude. I mean, obviously a hero and all that, but I mean, he was not. When I mean, they, they, I mean, literally the team. What is it? Tomlin saw him at a preseason game. Was like, who is the tall guy? And then they <laughs> made him into a Pro Bowler. 
Uh, next, let's go to right tackle. Mm-hmm. I'm going Marcus Gilbert, 87 mm-hmm. starts. So yeah. just on that, you know, on that metric alone, uh, I, I'm putting him on the all Tomlin team. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I think he was. Yeah, the, the, I think that's a fine pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three on the depth chart. He, he can he swung uh, either left or right tackle, mm-hmm. and he was a twice franchise tag where he was yes. a, he was tagged twice. Mm-hmm. So with that, I'm putting Max Starks, mm-hmm. 66 starts as my number three. That surprised me personally. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I, maybe I'm just so used to Mar- Max being around the team now in his media capacity that I was like, oh yeah, Max Starks. But I mean, I remember him uh, uh, certainly as a memory. But yeah, I mean, Max Starks was a more than serviceable player. I mean, when people talk about the 43 offensive line and Ben did it despite of them and all that, there were some players on that line. There really were. Um, one more on uh, one more tackles position. This guy's actually position flexible. He plays uh, some guard as well. I'm mm-hmm. um, putting Willie Cologne, 48 mm-hmm. starts. See, I think that's the one that if, if you had done this, you know, a, a decade ago, that's the one where the fans would have been mad. I mean, I remember the old man sending me, he never sent me a meme in his life, but it was like an attachment to an email and it was Cologne celebrating on the sideline and someone had put between, he had his arms up for the touchdown running on the field and they put despite me between his hands. Oh, right, uh, <laughs> but I mean, but it's, but I think, you know, we sort of got spoiled thinking what a good offensive line was. And uh, there's been some offensive lines in recent memory. Like, man, I wish I had what I thought was a bad Willie Cologne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he could play guard. He was guard flexible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who, the other option would have been like a Trey Essex. Yeah, I, just, yeah. You know. I mean, it's, it's which again, I mean, there's probably a debate there, but it's been too long since then for me to adequately participate in that debate. Mike Adams, not, you know, no, not. That was uh, all right, let's go to the guards. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is pretty obvious. Alan Fanica, mm-hmm. David DeCastro, and I'm going with just a third guard because we have Willie Cologne flexibility. Yeah. I'm going Ramon Foster for the you know the amount of starts. Period. Again, a guy they built. I mean, one they created themselves. Seventh round pick. I mean, obviously they we missed on the draft grade, but yeah. Uh, centers. This might leave me a little thin. I'm just. Marquise Pouncey, and that is it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the other option is probably Mason Cole. I mean, I'd ra- I'd probably rather have him. You'd rather Mason Cole or a Hartwig, or because I was put I was going to stash Hartwig on my practice squad. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, but I think that's you know if we're debating who the backup center is, I don't think that's <laughs> like we've got to see. This is the all Tomlin team. All this, Tomlin is team. Yeah, this is yeah, important. This is important. Mason Cole could easily surpass. I mean, uh, right with a good season. Hartwig Mason, had yeah. 32 starts, so right. you know it's and hard. to... Cole has yeah 17. So it's uh, all right. Let's go to let's go to defense. Okay. I got uh, six members of the defensive line. Oh my God. Cameron Hayward, obviously all all pro. Yeah, Aaron Smith, not 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 necessarily recognized with the all pro or pro bowl. Well, I think it's the Tomlin era as Aaron Smith. That's just how good he was. Is that you also have in the Tomlin era too? After Peter King took so much flack for having him on the all decade team, because uh, uh, they're like this guy had twenty tackles in a decade. It's like yeah, that's <laughs> no part of what his impact really was. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, it's hard to mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard to judge based on stats alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that same. Reason Brett Kiesel yes. is making it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm putting Stefan to it. On there it. weren't many seasons, but when he was healthy, he was unblockable. He really was. And uh, big snack, Casey Hampton. Yes, even in his last so many years. Even, I mean, he yeah, really even though, even if he was showing up to camp and uh, put on the oh, physically unable man. to perform. Right, and then they made him go jog in the lower bowl. Oh, man. Physically unable to perform at Latrobe, but always able to perform in Hines. Yes, so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, give, I'm I couldn't, you know, I couldn't leave. I had a hard time... Uh, 
with just five, I'm putting Javon Hargrave. How can you not? The guy was incredible. He signs this massive contract with the Eagles, an even more massive contract with the 49ers. Every penny of it earned. He's just that good that you got to put him in there. He's tremendous. Well, it was because when you get on defense, you start talking about linebackers, and there's just a lot of them. Let's let's mm-hmm. go to linebackers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Debo, James Harrison, right. 80.5 sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ Watt, you know, 77 sacks. Might so I, pass that in September. Yeah, at, uh, for the all-time. And I, you know, I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to have this take that. T.J. Watt is on pace to be the greatest Steeler ever of all time. It's not impossible. It's just he's got to stay healthy. <laughs> um, next, Lamar Woodley, fifty-seven sacks in ninety-four games. Uh, you know he didn't. He wasn't a Steeler for life, but I'm putting him up there above well, other names like Bud, Worlds, Alex Highsmith. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I agree with all of that. It's it's just that's that. His, it's you mentioned Woodley right after Watt, and Woodley is someone who was on. It, it's easy to forget now just how a, a, amazing his progression was early on, and then it all stopped with that injury. I mean, he'd signed that huge contract, and after that, he was really ineffective. It's as sad a tale and as much a part of the downfall of the Super Bowl teams as anything else. And um, and that's what and that really showed to me not that I didn't know like what a real lingering injury can do. I mean, he certainly made himself the team. He was there with Highsmith in Mexico doing a draft pick, and how lovely that was to see. But that's you know that just shows how even an amazing start can peter out with just some injuries there. Yeah, at any moment, uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. it can all it can all be over. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I got I'm putting five outside linebackers. You know, outside linebackers. That, that's the way they always looked at it. The it's the engine was always more important yeah. than the inside. The engine that runs our machine so i'm putting bud dupree up there 81 games 39 sacks mm-hmm. and my fifth spot uh over jason worlds i'm putting alex highsmith mm-hmm. you know 22 and a half sacks and only 49 games yes and it's and coming in under undue circumstances after you know bud was hurt during covid i mean i i think what highsmith's done is more impressive than worlds again he was he was the third round pick on zoom i mean like it's <laughs> you know worlds came from virginia tech highsmith from unc charlotte whatever that is i i think that pick makes sense too all right let's go to inside linebackers mm-hmm. um Lawrence Timmons, Tomlin's first pick. Yes. Hard to argue with that. 158 games. Can you imagine what he would have been like today in the way the game is now? I mean, it would he would have been a superstar. Like, um, but, uh, yeah, I can't mm-hmm. argue with that. James mm-hmm. Ferrier, 78 games under Tomlin. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't realize know he, he played that long with him under Tomlin either. Yeah, and 518 tackles. So, mm-hmm. um, Larry Foote, I'm putting him on the roster. 158 games, same as Lawrence Timmons. That's amazing. Uh, 621 tackles. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I guess I, has it been that long? It seems like Larry Foote. It's been a while, but yes, he also it? played for a long time too. I think it's easy to forget that he. It's easy to think like, oh, he played with Cower forever. No, he didn't. Like he sort of came in towards the uh, end there. I want to say. And but, uh, uh, for my fourth inside linebacker. You know, uh, I'm I'm taking him over Vince Williams. I know he only played in 46 games, but Ryan Shazier, you know, two Pro Bowls and one All Pro. Vince I, would have told you to put Shazier in <laughs> over Vince. I, I don't want to speak for Vince Williams, but I feel pretty confident in saying that. Okay, good. Then with no discussion needed there, let's mm-hmm. go on to cornerbacks. Okay. I'm putting five on the roster. Okay. Ike Taylor, you know, Steeler for life, 174 games. Mm-hmm. Joe Hayden, only 68 games, but. Uh, 10 interceptions in that yes. time, you know, and a true leader in the, I mean, the first really like leader cornerback they'd had since like Taylor, the first one in that time. So I think that's a fine pick too. Uh, my number three cornerback. Mm-hmm. Okay. 160 games. Uh, 
William Gay. Hey, when he was there, he was good. He was it was he was uh, on uh, on a on a great defense. He was the weak link, and on a, a declining one, he was a breath of fresh air. Eleven interceptions. Yeah, I, mean, I think he I think he has the team record for uh, pick six in a season. I, I think that it's it's yeah, it's one of those like weird Steeler trivia questions, like somehow not Rod Woodson. Yes, I think that's right. Um, my fourth cornerback, you know, we need a nickel. We need a nickel back. Oh, yes. And I'm who, putting, I'm putting Mike, better? Mike Hilton, mm-hmm. 59 games, nine and a half sacks. I feel like they were like twice that. Just, I don't <laughs> know if it was just impact or when he did it, but it, uh, so, you know, uh, it's, well, so I guess, you know, just a few seasons there, but I mean, you know, who, I don't know. Is it, you know, who else would you, uh, you no, know? I mean, another nickel back. Why? I mean, it, it, essentially I, you never heard about them talk about nickel back nearly as much until Hilton arrived. I'm putting one more on the 53, mm-hmm. Brian McFadden, 52, okay. 52 games, 25 starts, 159 tackles, you know, not the, not the, not his prime, I guess, but, uh, you know, compared to some other options like Deshae Townsend or Steven Nelson. Yeah, I, I I think McFadden's a fine option, particularly coming off the bench with your roster. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and, and also again, the big play is the moment you remember the breakup uh, uh, against the Colts, like at um, you know, you remember, yeah, uh, McFadden was there for the big plays, particularly early in his career. And I don't know if you heard his interview with uh, Troy. Paul I haven't got to watch it yet. The, the the letter. I know they talked about the letter. Oh yeah, the letter that was pretty emotional. He kept he had it in his wallet. You know, does he always keep it in his wallet, or was he just happen to have it for that interview? But uh, oh, guy's cool. a media professional too. And also, by the way, if, I think he goes. He definitely stays on this team if uh, uh, with Patrick Peterson this works out, since he essentially recruited him. Like, yeah, well, you know, uh, maybe he gets knocked off by Pat Pete. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Let's go to safeties. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Troy Polamalu. Right. Yeah, another argument there. Uh-huh. I'm putting number two. I'm putting Terrell Edmonds. Okay. 79 games, 410 tackles, five sacks, five interceptions. He was always available. Uh, always available. That's right. That was uh, the biggest compliment. Mm. Availability. Yes. But, you know, I mean, compared to, you know, Sean Davis or... You know no. what else? What else were you going to put there? No, I, that's just it. I mean, Sean Davis was. I, it's hard for me to say Sean Davis was a bust, but Sean Davis maybe didn't necessarily live up to his draft position. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. Now I'm putting one more strong safety. This guy can actually flex so strong or free safety. That's true. I'm going Mike Mitchell. 61 yeah. games, 61 starts uh, in mm-hmm. the Tomlin era. Mm-hmm. So you know, some people don't. You know, some people think he was uh, one of the weaker players it may be in the Tomlin era but I I liked I like well I think it's it's again one of those things oh it, it, it was e- when something went wrong with that defense which is very good it was easy to blame it on him I I, I mean it, when we've seen again the players that came since that weren't, weren't as strong you're like oh Mike Mitchell was maybe a little better than we thought also I think they changed how they use that position maybe a little bit uh, the change uh, yeah the, you know it has evolved yeah. mm-hmm. uh free safeties I'm putting two yeah for a total of five safeties ob- two obvious Minka Ryan Clark yeah I don't think there's any other argument there yes mm-hmm. um I didn't want to put a long snapper but then it was like how am I going to neglect the contributions of a p- position of a man who spent 10 seasons playing mm-hmm. long snapper and p- so Greg Warren makes there you go. the all Tomlin team mm-hmm. uh Kicker is is is, okay. is is tricky because you know mm-hmm. Sean Sweesom and Chris Boswell both pretty much had the same kicking percentage. Okay, but Boswell had 116 games compared to Sweesom 71. So that I'm, would that would kind of do it for me. I'm putting yeah. Boswell on the All Tomlin team. Mm-hmm. Punter, we okay. got Sepulveda. Wow, 43.7 yards per punt. Jordan Berry, 44.4 yards per punt, but mm-hmm. he put almost twice as many within the 20. 154 kicks within the 20. 
I think Jordan Berry is your all Tomlin punter. I mean, uh, the only argument I would see against that is I, I want to say it was a, a Tomlin error or not. It's just that Gardaki only needed one foot. Like he only needed one step, you know. That's like that's the only thing. But yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, I, after Barry had a good year in Minnesota, where it's a lot easier to punt after they got rid of him, the Steelers. I wonder if they regretted that a bit. But yeah, Barry could do the job sometimes. Um, I I put a pra I got a fourteen player practice squad. Oh no, okay. you're gonna hate this. My QB on the practice squad, Mason Rudolph, seventeen games, twenty three hundred yards. You have him over Landry. Yeah, I have him over Landry, Duck, and uh, and Byron and uh, Dennis Dixon. Byron was more or less spent by then, so I can see that. Dennis Dixon, yeah, no. Mike Vick? No, I mean, Vic was entirely... I mean, there was there was the guy in a Mike Vick jersey by the time Vic came <laughs> to the Steelers. It, um, so, I mean, it, 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 I mean, if you're debating Mason and uh, 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 Landry, which would have been an amazing Red River shootout in, <laughs> in college, but, uh, but yeah, the fact that, I mean... I, I can I'm fine with this just because there was never an expectation. Okay, Landry, it's your team to carry this. It's your team, and they did have to go to Mason with that in 2019. Uh, running back, I'm putting James Conner on the squad. Nobody already got a good four. Pick. I think it's a good pick. Uh, I'm putting a fullback. I know I didn't have a starting fullback, but Rosie Nix had a Pro Bowl season in 2017. Right? Oh yeah, and he was real good, and he was great on special teams. All that. It, I'm uh, putting him on the squad. I mean, the only other argument's what Derek Watt. I mean, it's it's too early for Connor Hayward in this position. It's I think I think Rosie Nix was the only player I ever had to unfollow because he was such a big Columbus Blue Jackets fan on Twitter. <laughs> and I remember during that playoff series. I'm putting Martavis Bryant uh, on the practice squad. Wide out. Absolutely. Outs. You know, just because you got to protect him when someone tries to sign him because he's all those freakish athletic gifts. <laughs> and, you know, if there's an injury on those wide outs, that's who I want. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking they were, I was thinking Harris, they would bay for the special teams, but this isn't all Tallman. This isn't the special teams. Right, roster. exactly. And also, it, I mean, if we're continuing this fantasy, some of these guys, <laughs> like Vince Williams, could play special teams in this team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's you got Deshae Townsend. He could play special teams for you. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, and I got them both guys, on the squad. has to do that since college. Vince yeah. Williams on the practice squad, Deshae Townsend. I'm putting. Steven Nelson on the practice squad, too. Um, At the time, the biggest free agent signing in Steeler history. Most expensive. Yeah. 30 games, 30 starts. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for some kind of weird hostages v. volunteers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The case of hostages v. volunteers. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, other people on the squad. Matt Spath, tight mm -hmm. end. Uh, tackle. I'm putting Chooks uh, on their, uh, on the squad. There's really not much to choose from. I mean, that's that, that, that Chooks gets in. I think that's right. He got the contract. They said mm -hmm. last year he didn't, he like had some of the least pressures allowed or something. It's something to that effect. So Chooks is on my squad. Uh, Chris Kiamato is on my squad. He was a winner. And I, I'm putting Justin Hartwig center on the practice squad. 32 starts is a lot more than Mason Cole. That makes sense right now. Yeah, more than Mason Cole, more than the big Ligurski. Um, I don't know who else were the centers. I can't even, you know, what you said, Sean Mahan or something. That uh, was, I that... mean, yeah, I mean, but it's that was that was the line where like, oh god, they're going to get Ben killed. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I put a linebacker, Jason Worlds, you know, 73 games. Yeah, to... and the thing about Worlds is he came on in that last season. He was truly dominant. He was he struggled before then. But that last season, uh, he was really, really good. I'm putting two safeties. I know we talked crap a little bit ago, but I'm putting Sean Davis and Tyrone Carter on there. Yeah, I mean, it's as high as they drafted a safety in terms of Sean Davis, and he was a serviceable starter. He just wasn't a star. And uh, Tyrone Carter was, you know, maybe like a proto uh, Terrell Edmonds in that he was available. He played. He made plays when he was in there. So that's that's my all Tomlin squad. You that can uh, quite a squad. Go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We'll, uh, we'll get that up there so you can 
tell me why I'm wrong in there the comments. You go. There you go. Or yeah, exactly. You can defend the honor of Sean Mahan a decade later. <laughs> um, maybe I'll do. Maybe I'll work on an all cower one next. Oh I mean, boy. Or maybe I'll just do an all null, and it'll just be the <laughs> Super Bowl starters. <laughs> all right. The band is. The band's on the field. All right. We got some odds and ends to wrap this up. Um, let's start with at. Tahunga Mob, L.A. Foothills. Ugh. I love Stan. He was the only media member left who was honest about the Steelers. He was critical when it was deserved. He was such a nice counterbalance to blind Homer QB apologist Charlie Batch. So it started as a nice tribute and then turned hey, to- just totally. But this is this is what Steeler fandom on Twitter is like now, especially now we're left on Twitter. I mean, if you're still there. <laughs> I, I love Stan so much. I mean, I was I, I called into his show when I was like 10 years old, him and Guy, and they were so nice to me. He was he actually once my dad went to an alumni dinner for Miami, Ohio people, and he, he, he ran right up to Stan, and they sat and they talked all night about Pittsburgh sports. It, uh, Stan was amazing. He even responded. I'd send him like an email in college. He got right back to me. I'd, I, Stan is a real loss. I mean, it's it's it's. You know, you'll hear so many great things about the way Stan uh, uh, treated people and how kind he was. And it certainly I saw that in what few interactions I had with him. But if you even just listen to Stan, you watch the old clips. The man was so good at communicating. It was just such like he'd break the information into short, easy to understand chunks. You always got his opinion. It was always well-reasoned and well-argued. And it's really, you listen to him, it's not just a way to talk about sports. That's a great way to communicate, yeah. like in your job and in your everyday life. I mean, if you just even watch, you know, t a couple clips of Sports Beat, I mean, that's not to go on about this forever. It hit me the other night. That was the original film podcast. Yeah. They just yeah. happened to do it five nights a week on KBL when, you know, the other thing was, uh, I think an infomercial was on before and after them or like darts it's really easy to forget what kbl was like back in the 90s gang but um but yeah that was uh, i mean a, a pioneer and a worker and uh stan it, losing stan is a tremendous loss in a lot of ways i didn't call i didn't call into sports beat as a kid i called into stan and charlie batch as a 40 year old <laughs> man but <laughs> But I what I what I remember about Sports Beat was like you you're right it was this it's like this podcast before this podcast was you know the the hot people calling in with the hot takes bro yeah and they uh, call it like dinner time like from the bar like oh man. I still have a we I still have a inside joke with people from my hometown we still uh, we still say every once in a while fire Varsho because <laughs> someone <laughs> called in once wanting to fire Gary Varsho <laughs> so we still say that fire Varsho. <laughs> Um, yeah, and yeah, it's a it's a bummer. It's just you know like Cope and and Stan Tunch. and Tunch and Franco, and it's right. just you know this is and you know I mean even beyond that you know like just musicians and stars from mm -hmm. that from that from that era. It's just we're losing them fast now. The boomers, the boomers are um, yeah. There's gonna be more and more of this as we go. It's mm. sad. Mm -hmm. Let's try to do something less sad okay. at. Daniel T. Kelly, Daniel Kelly. We now have 20 seasons since the last NFL realignment. These are the only finishes we haven't seen, included Browns first place in the mm. AFC North, Steelers last place in the AFC North. So, wow. you know, not only have we never had a losing season in the last 16 years, we've never been last place in the in the division. I mean, they, they, this one's very impressive. The Patriots one's very impressive. The Browns and Lions are sad. And the Eagles one's just weird. I mean, third, how do you not finish and never finish in third place? That feels statistically way less likely than everything else on this uh, sheet. Um, you know, so 
once again, I, you know, people will say, oh, you're just making excuses for Tomlin, you know, no losing seasons, but I don't know. Uh, this... Well, I mean, but there's, a, there's also a difference between like, oh, we went seven to nine versus we were in last place. I mean, this is that's even more impressive when you put it in this context. Yeah, that's a that gets mm -hmm. a. Oh, there we go. You've unlocked the Triforce I of, see of Wisdom. Now I know where the, the dungeon <laughs> boss is. All right. How about uh, for the last, we'll give the last, the final word to the game day NFL. Mm -hmm. The game day NFL. The fact that Deck Pro, the fact that Dak Prescott is fourth and Tim Tebow is ninth, laughing emoji. These are the top 10 highest selling jerseys of all time. Wow. Number eight, right uh -huh. above Tim Tebow. Number nine, that's shocking to me. Number eight, Troy Polamalu, uh, highest uh, selling trilogies of all time. More than Ben, more than, I guess, who would it be? I guess it would well, be. Well, I mean, I, th this makes sense, but it's also, I mean, there's not a single player here that played before. I mean, it, the oldest, the, the furthest back player here is Peyton. Walter Payton. I mean, it's, yeah. it's that's Bo. You know, Steve, oh, yeah. No, you're right. Walter Payton. Yeah. I mean, it's because, yeah, Bo and Steve Young are the 80s. So, I mean, I I think the buying a jersey with a player's name on it thing really took off around the 80s. I think that's you could almost kind of chart when this began with this thing because you didn't see that in the 70s. Like people, you don't you never see somebody like with a Lambert jersey they didn't make or something in, in those old clips. You could only like, buy jerseys back then, like out of the Sears catalog. And it was, I think, like a maybe a generic 32 with no name sort on of it. I'm saying yeah. yeah so i think that so this is a more recent uh thing but i mean but that you know everything on the but at least like but like okay dak is like all right you're sure he's not the same but i mean you can defend dak in a way you can't necessarily tebow like that's a cultural <laughs> statement versus one about football dak's a pro bowler he's a guy that if this thing bounces this way bounces this other way he could have played for a championship you know i dak to me he's on one of the most popular teams in the world i mean that all makes sense to me you know it's it's a tebow and we're like uh, i'm i'm part of the problem i bought a Tim Tebow jersey for my brother who's a Broncos fan. Okay. When he, when he uh, you know, I had to buy two. I had to buy Tebow and then a Peyton back to back. That was an expensive. Uh, okay, but I mean, but that's, but I mean, but it also shows how these kind of things can happen because you had a brother. It was the family, like you know. Well, uh, you know, maybe we'll get Kenny, I mean, the ex exploding <laughs> superstar, Kenny Pickett uh, up there. Well, I mean, at least there's some, or two more guys to bounce Tebow down to 11, like, so you get it off the sheet. I'm surprised it's not Heath Miller, the number of Heath Miller jerseys I see in Akershore. I'm surprised Troy beat out uh, yeah, there Heath there. There is a surprise for, I mean, the tight end that played for not, I think, yeah, not as long as you might think. It is surprising how many 83s. That's what we've been talking about. I guess that's what I we've been suppose. talking about. If uh, if you want to keep the conversation going, uh, I, I, I guess I'm on social media. I don't <laughs> I, actually. I try not to be. Not, yes. When when uh, when Reddit went down for 48 hours this week, I went over to the Discord, the Steelers Discord oh, page, what, and what was over there? Was it? It's run by the team? No, it's oh, just okay. run by you know, same as Reddit, just I run see. by Ginzers or uh -huh. whatnot. So maybe I'll be on Discord. Maybe if you're on Discord, see me there. I, uh, mm -hmm. I'm i still not on Steelers Blackjack. So. No, oh, there <laughs> Which is what I really want to be on. Uh, oh, well, anyway, so yeah, if you want to follow me on social media, at Kyle Christ. Uh, Greg, how about yourself? Uh, I try to stick primarily to Instagram, at Greg Benevent, V as in boy, E-N-E, V as in Victor, E-N-T. Uh, next week, what uh, I, I don't know what the tease. I don't know. Uh, well, we'll we don't back. know. That's the whole. That's the nice thing about this podcast. We never know what it's going to be about. I mean, who knows what the biggest storyline of next week is? It'll probably be more mini camps and offensive linemen. Until we have superstars exploding all over the place, uh, keep listening to your coach. Be the best selves. That's going to be required. Stay in school. <laughs>